Hello and welcome to Media MD, your fortnightly Doof Network dose of media that you have somehow missed. I'm Ruben Morehouse. I'm Elliot Diebold. And we are back to talk about Hercules. Yeah. Disney's Hercules. The Disney musical version, because I'm I'm frankly disappointed in myself for not bringing up Kevin Sorbo's masterpiece series uh, in reference to Hercules. <laughs> You're disappointed. I, uh, I just, I, I loved that series so much growing up. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, but that's uh, all I know of it is that one meme. Um <laughs> uh, but do you know the story behind that that bit? So as I've heard, and maybe this is apocryphal. So okay, so hold on. <laughs> yeah, wait. So yeah. audience, what we're talking about here is let me let me explain. So in this <laughs> TV show Hercules, there's this bit where the main character, Hercules, just kind of looks at the sky and yells out, Disappointed! And I think the story that I've heard is that that was meant to be like a stage direction or something, that he's yeah. meant to like look disappointed, but he just says it out loud <laughs> instead. And I guess they left it in. I don't really know why, um, but it's a great video. You should all check it out. Yeah, uh, Ke- Kevin Sorbo misread the the stage direction as a line that he was meant to say. And so he sort of finishes off this this scene by just yelling out disappointed um it's yeah i think it was in one of the movies from memory which is like, so the series actually started as five movies that were made on an insanely low budget so like i think that's why it's left in there but um mm. it's just great material um yeah so what would you give uh hercules out of 10 elliot uh the the old tv show uh yep. mm, well with nostalgia as a factor like an eight <laughs> all right well that's that's our episode it was like the only thing I watched as a kid. I used to watch it and Xena on repeat. Um, <laughs> so what are we talking about next fortnight, Elliot? Yeah. <laughs> so um, before we go, we should talk yeah, about the no. other Let's talk about Hercules. the one that we're actually meant to talk about, which is the Disney's animated movie, Hercules. Yeah, the, the 1997 uh, Hercules. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a to, to do the sort of plot summary stuff, it's, it, it's a Disney musical um, that sort of follow takes the hercules journey and yeah. ties it into the you know the original superman film it's just the original superman film I but don't, he's, her- I don't know he's hercules it. It, like learning how to be a hero i guess yeah like who's the trainer in the original superman film like he the ghost of his kryptonian dad kind of yeah sure there's, like, there's not as much of that stuff he's just kind of more of a natural hero yeah. There's not a da- there's not a Danny DeVito character, which is one of which the many is, reasons yeah, this course. is a better film. <laughs> yeah, I mean um, for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, no, well, you don't need to see that Superman movie now because you've watched this Hercules film, and they're very similar. Yeah, I quite liked. Like, I found myself enjoying this film on a structural level because I used to really love reading the Greek myths when I was younger, and this mm. story basically is the whatever the Twelve Trials of Hercules or whatever it is. But they managed to find a way to actually make them. A, a natural progression of a single plot and even work in some other stuff. Like there's some, there's what is, I think a pretty blatant reference to, to Orpheus and Eurydice uh, with, with Hercules and Meg in this story as well. It's just kind of a, an amalgamation of Hercules stories and some other Greek myths all kind of thrown in there together. And I think it, it actually works structurally surprisingly well, considering that it's a, a bit of a mishmash of this stuff. Yeah. What's well, interesting. Like you brought up the 12 trials because Eleven of them happen in a montage, and and also <laughs> the other one kind of happens early. It's like the Hydra, uh, and it's not even necessarily yeah. Like I I do agree. Like they take they take a lot of liberties with the with like you know the Greek mythology, and that's like fine. It's a kids Disney adaptation. Yeah. I think it stood out to me because like you know as a kid growing up, 
my first experience with stories like The Little Mermaid or Pocahontas was through the Disney movies. And then as you become an adult, you learn that there's actually like, you know, usually darker mythology or, yeah. you know, in the case of Pocahontas, just a, a darker, more depressing real life story yes. behind what what Disney put together. Yeah. And for us, Hercules is the other way around because we grew up with the actual Greek mythology and now we're seeing the Disney version. And it's the only time I've gone that way to, to one of these stories. Is yeah. Know it, knowing the real life version before stepping into the Disney one. Yeah, me too. Uh, with the exception of the later ones like um, Tangled, where it's kind of like, yeah, of course I know Rapunzel beforehand now that I'm an adult. But um, you're right. And there's bits where I found that really working for me. Like um, I remember some of the earlier Trials of Hercules are he deals with a stable that's just full of shit and that's one of his trials. <laughs> and there's like a throwaway line where Danny DeVito says, oh, this guy wants you to clean out his stable so you might better wear some you know heavy work boots or something and i'm kind of like oh yeah i get that reference that's fine. yeah yeah <laughs> um I yeah mean, reference reference humor is is one of the core parts of this film like yeah there's, there's um i mean the, the one i've got written down here in my notes is where they they bring out the air hercs um yeah which is just like a blatant air jordan ripoff and, and there's a lot of stuff like that like i think this movie and it's been a while since I watched Aladdin, but that's the only one that I can remember being even close to this blatant with yeah. just, like, I guess, 90s reference humor. Well, yeah, I obviously didn't get this when I first watched it because I didn't really know what New York was. But very explicitly, this movie is set in fantasy New York. Which... They call it the Big Olive. <laughs> yes, it's called the Big Olive, which is a joke that I really love. And also, when they first <laughs> enter the city... Um, Danny DeVito's character says, hey, I'm walking here, which yeah, is so, yeah. <laughs> so classic. And then I was actually like, how did I not know that this was just set in fantasy New York? I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Yeah, and I think I think part of the reason a lot of that stuff works is it's, I mean, they're not they're not being too creative with it. Like, it, yeah. it, you know, it, it was so obviously New York that it kind of swung back around yeah. to being funny to me. It, it gave me kind of Flintstones vibes of like, we're yeah. just basically taking this thing and showing you what the alternate reality version of it is, <laughs> which I know is kind of simple, but it still is like, it just works sometimes, you know? Yeah, well, s- simple simple but effective is really the cornerstone of a lot of these Disney children's movies, and, and that's yes. what they're doing here. Um. Uh, I, I think so. Something we we should talk should about we talk, here. Obviously, we, we never really talked about the plot. Should we? Should we do the oh, plot? Oh yeah, I suppose. Um, well, I mean, so the plot is Hercules is born, and he's actually the son of of Zeus and Hera. Yes, which, there's no fine. um, there's no cheating on your god wife in this one. Actually, Zeus is pretty much a stand up guy, which is not his traditional characterization. Yeah. But again, that's that's one of those artistic yes. liberties where I'm like, yes, this works better in the film. Yeah, he doesn't and turn into a swan or a bull and or anything no. in this film, which I was disappointed by. Um, but yeah, so basically, uh, Hercules, uh, well, Hades finds out that you know, well, Hades is the bad guy in this. So well. Hades is plotting to overthrow Olympus, and he he talks to the the sisters of the Fates, and they basically are like, oh, Hercules is gonna you know, beat you. So he tries to turn Hercules, well, he tries to kill Hercules, doesn't work. He just turns Hercules mostly mortal. Mm. Um, He's mortal, but has his super strength. And also, realistically, is a bit more, uh, you know, invulnerable than most mortals would be. Yeah, yeah. Classic brute classification, really. Yes. Um, And 
So, yeah, I mean, from there, Hercules manages to survive. Hades doesn't know, so it goes for kind of 18 years. Hercules has grown up. Um, he finds out he's the son of Zeus, and that if he can become a true hero, he gets to become a god again. So he sets out to become a true hero. He hires Danny DeVito to, to train him. Um, he meets Meg, who is the love interest slash... She actually works for Hades. Yep, she's the Delilah in this uh, in this story. <laughs> I'm pretty convinced that the original draft of this movie m- might have had Meg as the main character because she's far and away the most interesting person in the whole film. She is fascinating, isn't she? She she. I mean, this is a '97 film, so we weren't in super progressive times. We were doing okay, I guess. But um, Meg is very much a pretty good example. Of- of you know what is not a traditional disney uh, <laughs> hero right yeah well she's just like because okay so danny devito's character is he's like a sleazebag but he also wants to train heroes yep he's but, he's your basic uh you know boxing coach kind of vibe yeah 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 um and then like hercules is just kind of like you know you, you've your heroic hero character like there's I, I've never found them particularly yeah, there's, compelling. There's like, not much know. depth to them, I don't think. <laughs> no, whereas, like, like for me, me, like, this film would have been a lot worse without Meg. I found her arc to be far and away the most interesting because it's really the only one that properly exists um, beyond just, I want to be a hero. Oh, I am now. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, her her whole thing. And it's a bit of a cliche as well. It's hardly an original thing, but, you know, they this movie does the whole, oh, it turns out she was secretly betraying her love the whole time it's like it started as a con but she actually fell in love with him and that's Mm -hmm. usually a very painful plot device for me Mm. but i kind of found it worked here um so that's basically what happens hercules becomes a a bit of a hero meg is sent by hades to find out his weakness she ends up falling for him um and so hades uses that and tries to attack olympus he succeeds um but then hercules kind of locks his way into getting his powers back and, and goes up and then defeats the Titans. Well, is it, he kind of outsmarts Hades, but in a way that is confusing enough that you're not really sure if it was intentional or not. <laughs> you know what I think would have been better for this mm. is if Meg had not, not like, sacrificed... Like, you know how she pushes... Yeah. What happens is, is basically Hercules makes the deal where if Meg doesn't get harmed for 24 hours, uh, he won't have his strength. And then as Hercules is about to get injured, uh, Meg pushes him out of the way and gets landed on by the pillar uh, herself, although she comes out of it pretty okay considering the size of that pillar. Yep. Um, and because she gets hurt, Hercules gets his powers back, which kind of proves what a stupid deal it was for Hades to make. Like, he should have been clearer that it was his... Uh, this is the packed reader in me coming out. Yep. Um, Read the fine print on this deal <laughs> next time, Hades, for sure. Uh, but, like, I think, I think it kind of would have worked even better for me if it hadn't been Meg pushing Hercules out of danger himself. But I don't know. Like, now, now I'm now I now I th- now I'm second guessing this idea because I want to say like uh, I'm basically suggesting self harm, which is like obviously <laughs> yes, not but good. It but it could be done in a very minor way. Like if she just kind of scratches her arm, for example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like if it had if it had been her sacrificing, so I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm I'm changing my mind as I'm trying to make this case. I think maybe they did do it right, but Meg kind of sacrifices herself showing she actually did care about hercules and then he gets his powers back he goes to olympus where he frees zeus and then it turns out they didn't really need him anyway because he doesn't like they just beat the titan like i don't understand what changes between the titans beating the olympians and then he like hercules rescues them and then they just beat the titans really easily from there Mm. 
Um, I don't understand. Uh, I mean, Hercules must just have some sort of morale-boosting power. Yeah, that was um, his other power that they didn't touch on that much, is he's, <laughs> uh, he's, he really boosts morale. Um, no, you're right. It, there, are, there are bits of this that are a bit kind of like, and now it's this part of the movie where the heroes <laughs> yeah. win, and so you guys, you won, yay. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I, it, it's it's kind of easy fodder to to pick at when we're talking about like a kids Disney movie, I suppose. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's basically what happens. And then like I think the the one bit of Hercules's journey, which was predictable but is still satisfying, is he gets to become a god, but Meg can't come, so he decides to stay mortal to be with her. Yes, uh, it it's nice, like. It, it, it's a cliche for a reason it works and and everything sort of ends yeah there are a few bits like that where hercules almost has compelling character development uh, but it doesn't quite land i think something that i quite liked was there's a bit where hercules actually just full-on slaps danny devito and clearly injures him and it's this kind of recurring motif that that happened earlier in the story and then was kind of dropped off hercules can't control his own strength um, and there could have been a better way to weave that all together that led to some better developments for him, and it doesn't quite land as satisfyingly as mm. you want, but again, you know, it's a 97 Disney movie, so you're not going to be too <laughs> harsh of a judge, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I I don't know, I think I think you could probably cut Danny DeVito's character out How of the film. How dare you, Elliot? No, I mean, you probably could from a plot perspective, but he brings so much charisma to the film that I think it That's would be true. a mistake overall. Um, uh, they do give him a song, though. I mean, we've got to move into the songs at some point. And yes. what better way than, than launching with uh, Danny DeVito's song, which is, um, I mean, it's there. Yeah, he's obviously not a great singer. Um, he does a good job, and it is fine. <laughs> um, um, like, I think with the exception of that one, I kind of loved all the music in this. Like, there's there's not as much as I thought. Like, I, when mm. I think of most of these Disney musical movies, there's usually what, six, six or seven songs. Well, it starts out quite heavy on the music, but then it fades off as it continues. I, I actually yeah. quite liked... I mean, so the start to this movie, I think, is so good. Um, it starts and there's this kind of stodgy old old narrator and you feel like it's going to start up as a sappy documentary. And then they explicitly call that out and break it and, and introduce the actual narrators of this film, who are the five muses. Um, mm. And they have this really, really, really entertaining sequence to start off the movie that is also really beautifully animated. And you, I just yeah. really found myself getting into it. Yeah, that like... They managed to fit in so much boring backstory that was just yes. kind of monologued out by dressing it up in the song and the in yeah, a kind of right jazzy, there. funky intro song. Well, and, and you're right, like the fantastic animation, like the way things were popping in and out of the the vases as yep. we're kind of tracking through this museum, was like an absolutely great scene to watch. Yeah, I, I really thought that animation in this movie really had some incredible moments i think mount olympus and the underworld were so interestingly designed and and maybe it is just the fact that greek mythology is a really captivating kind of fantasy setting but they were so beautiful and and fun to look at yeah well i think something that's funny about this movie is i always thought the animation style looked really weird whenever i like because you'd see like memes or whatever or screenshots of it around and i always thought the animation style looked off whereas now having watched the film i actually really like it so i think i was maybe just missing the grander context of how it works in the film um like hades and his like fire hair is is another great example of something that is just a a great stylistic choice that carries throughout the entire film yeah 
Yeah, that hair that hair is is very lively, um, and it it really adds to his character. Yeah, um, and and wait, you know the the humans themselves, like Hercules, looks like uh uh you know a a classic Disney animated human crossed with like a, a statue of Hercules. Yeah, the 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 way that characters just look like they could be on a vase at most for yeah. most of this movie is pretty incredible. Um, yeah, it's a great it's a great choice. I think there's this bit that I really liked where he's fighting the Hydra and he kind of falls into this mess of heads and there's the it suddenly just becomes all kind of red and grim and bizarre and it just made me think, man, this animation is so beautiful. And most of the time it's it's a bit more standard than that, but sometimes they really just go wild with it. Or in mm. this intro scene with the Muses um, sometimes they'll just kind of freak out. There's like this weird, <laughs> hectic, unsettling vibe where they suddenly just are really energetic. And it's so strange and like captivating. I, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, same, same. Um, so- something else I noticed, like just jumping back to the songs quickly, mm. um, like a lot of the songs were quite split up. Like, I, I don't, like, yes. you know, there's. There's usually, like, if you, if I think more about stage musicals or even some of the Disney ones, you have the, you know, you'll have a song in the first act and then it's sort of, you know, musical motifs will get repeated in other parts and there might even be, you know, the reprise later. Whereas Hercules didn't follow that structure at all. Like, we already talked about how the first half is very song heavy. With this one, it was like, like, the gospel truth kind of gets reused three times in sort of the first half and then like going the distance is referenced at various points throughout yep. the thing and, and it's used as background music as well as sort of being re sort of mini reprised um but it was like it was interesting how i thought most of the songs in this were very good but even including their reprises they're all so front front loaded into the movie yeah yeah i do wish there was more music i mean i think you know they they really set the bar pretty high with the first song and then they don't i mean they have other songs that are fine but there's not that many of them and they're not as good as the first song in my mind and so it's kind of like yeah okay well i i think i liked meg's one the best i i don't know what the actual title of it is but the 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 one where she's refusing to admit that she actually likes hercules and the muses are kind of hassling her to do it yeah um i i actually thought that was a really good song like just from a music perspective like i i found it very catchy i'll probably be singing that one a lot over the next few months yeah yeah fair enough um yeah i i it's hard to think about holistically what i thought about this movie because i did really enjoy it but also i think there are flaws with it um (laughs) yeah it's a bit all over the place isn't it like yeah it's a bit messy (laughs) like just just what you said before about how there are definitely moments where it's like, and we're doing this part of the movie now. And it's like, okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I did like it though. I mean, I, I quite yeah. liked it. It just, I I feel like, and maybe it's too being too harsh on it because it is, you know, what it is. It's it's one of these Disney movies. And, you know, I think even the ones that are really, really beloved, like your Lion Kings and your Aladdins have these same problems. Um yeah, it's hard to know how much our, like our nostalgia blinders yeah. were on when we when we watch those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I liked it. I really liked it. <laughs> I wish <laughs> yeah, there were more too. music in it. That's I think something that an easy criticism that I would love is I I wanted it to be more musical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I'd agree with that. But like overall, like it's simple and it's fun. Like it would sort of be my summary. Like yeah, I I I enjoyed it even seeing it you know at this age like it 
Yeah. The for- the formulas that they were using to pump these things out in the 90s were successful for a reason. Yeah. It's just pretty it, good. Weirdly, here's something about it. I've gone back and watched some of these other movies, like Lion King, which is a movie that I actually don't think is holds up that well. <laughs> and people <laughs> are probably going to come after me a bit for that because it is like the most beloved of them. But I actually found myself enjoying this now contemporarily more than I contemporarily enjoy The Lion King. And I don't know what that is. I think The Lion King is a better made movie, but this one just got to me more. And maybe it's the musical nature of it because the musical scape of this one, like the vibe of the songs is so fun. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I I really liked it though. Um, And to quantify (laughs) out of 10, (laughs) out of, out of X, I should say, um, I feel like I'd give this a VI out of X. <laughs> oh, sorry, you just reminded me of the joke where the two kids are stuck under the rock and one of them says, somebody call IXII. It took That's me so long to get stupid joke. It. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, 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 Roman numerals. What is it? Uh, oh, 991. Okay, cool. I was like, yeah, and that... I was like 10 seconds behind the film at this point. <laughs> it's such a perfect eye roll joke. Um, yeah, totally. Like, I, I loved it because it was stupid. Um, <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, uh, on my side, I'm going to give it um, a, a VII. Okay, so you I, liked I, it I, about I more than I did, but that's, you know, yeah, to be expected. Yeah. Um, cool. <laughs> I mean, well, for anyone next, who doesn't Elliot? speak Roman numerals, that, that was that was seven oh, and sorry. six. I mean, yes. you, you, you just joked about how much how hard it was for you to get that joke <laughs> in the movie. And, and This is a thinking man's show, okay, Elliot? <laughs> Let the audience do some of the work, huh? Okay. Okay. Sorry. Forget what I said. Um, um, th- yeah. Thank you, a bird, for bringing it to us. Though it's always fun to dive back into some of these kinds of movies. Um, it was very fun uh, to to rewatch Hercules. So thanks for bringing it to us. Yeah, I I I got a lot out of that. I'm going to go find out if I'm missing any other Disney uh, animated Disney classics. And, but yeah, and that was a really fun movie. Um, so what's the next really fun, uh, atmospheric, engaging? You know. Fun, fresh, jazzy, funky <laughs> thing that we're going to talk about, Elliot. Yeah, you know, obviously with uh, those of you who follow Deep Impact will know that that's coming to a close, unfortunately. Uh, this this week, uh, in, a, in a few days, we're going to be doing a 24-hour live stream. Uh, and there's a lot of sadness mixed in uh, to that because we're finishing something that we've put a lot of ourselves into. So and we, I, I wanted to... We want something uplifting to counteract that? Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm bringing uh, the movie Grave of the Fireflies. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is an anime, which of course is a so is a fun. Staple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love a good anime. Um, yeah. So I mean, this is a Studio Ghibli film, although it it doesn't involve Miyazaki. Interesting. Um, it, so it it it's just sort of from from that studio, but it's it's not a Miyazaki film. Um, as you've alluded to, you are of course aware of the fact, and I'm sure most people are, that this is not a happy, fun well, time Well, okay, movie. so the, literally the only thing I know about this film is every time there's, like, a, a thread on Reddit or something where people are like, oh, what's the saddest movie of all time? What's a movie that really made you sad? This movie always comes up, and I've never yeah. watched it or found out anything about it other than it always makes people really sad. <laughs> so I'm really excited that you've brought it to this happy, fun <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, I am... Um... And in fact, I kind of almost want to leave the prescription there in some ways because I went into this blind and it hit me pretty hard because of that. Like, I, so I, I don't want to tell you too much going in. I will just sort mm. of say it's, um, it, it, you know, it's, it's sort of set back in the Second World War, which, which obviously, you know. Okay. I see what's happening here. 
I'll leave it there. Just um, and it's in. I'm assuming it takes place somewhere in Japan. Yes. yes. Okay. All right. I see where we're going here, <laughs> Elliot. Um. So yeah, it's it's an intense film. I think it does a really really fantastic job at at setting the tone it's going for, which is a very you know upsetting one. Um. But you know, it's it's a very effective movie. Um. Mm. I like. I there are quite a few anime films that I've really liked over the years, and I think this is the one that would probably take the cake. Um. Mm. In in that regard, for just I don't think anything else has hit me this hard okay um i don't think that's necessarily a good review a good like a <laughs> recommendation but i'm sure there are a lot of things to really enjoy and and uh, appreciate about this film and so we can talk about those and not just about how yes. sad it is <laughs> um any other stuff that you want to warn us about before we go in i suppose no no like i again i i think this is i, I think you're going to enjoy this movie i yes. think like everyone everyone enjoys it it is very good i just want to make sure people are ready for the fact that it's you know don't sit down expecting a fun family romp like yeah. we just experienced <sighs> okay well we'll do that and we'll talk about it in a fortnight <laughs> i'm i'm i know i'm gonna get things out of it i'm just daunted by <laughs> sitting down knowing it's gonna make me sad <laughs> If you want to be sad, why not follow us on Twitter, <laughs> uh, which is a, just a sad place to be. Um, not our Twitter, though. Our Twitter's fun and happy, uh, unlike all other Twitters. So go to at Podcast and you can follow the show. Yeah, well, actually, because, yes, while this episode's out, I've already done my last live read, which will pro- I, I'm assuming my last packed live read will be sad. Um, but then after that, it's going to be a happy place again. So, Yay! So- well, until we start tweeting about Craver the Fireflies. I'll do a live watch <laughs> of that and we'll bring it back down again. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you can also leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, every review helps us get into the algorithm and then the algorithm spits out recommendations to other people and they might come along and listen. Yeah. And uh, the more we grow, the the more time and, and effort we can dedicate into making this podcast as good as we can. Yeah, totally. Um if you want to leave us your thoughts on Grave of the Fireflies, you can shoot us an email at mediamdpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you head to mediamdpodcast.com, there's a little microphone button and you can send us a voice message, which is what a bird did, our patron who got us to watch Hercules. Um, thanks, a bird. You can be just like a bird and do that. Yes. Uh, and speaking of patrons, uh, Doof, which we are a proud member of, is Heck entirely yeah. sponsored by our patrons. So if you head on over mm-hmm. to patreon.com forward slash doofmedia, you can see all the awesome stuff you get for um for becoming one of our patrons. There's a bunch of cool perks. We have hey, Doof Elliot, and Chill sessions. On. Are you telling me that I don't just get all this great content? If I support the content I have, I also get other cool things too? That's that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm going to go do it right now. I'm back. I did it. Whew. Okay, well, that's one down. Now it's your turn. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm staring at the listener. But pointing, you can't see it I'm pointing at my camera right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know. I, so I go do it. it. Yeah. I've shown you that it's possible. I just tried it. It worked. So you can do it too. Um, for links to all these things that we just mentioned, you can head to doofmedia.com. Uh, that'll link you to our Twitter, all our episodes, our Patreon, all that good stuff. Oh, and on there is also the previous clues for the uh, MediaMD ARG where you can help us figure out just who is Dr. MD and why is man so strong? Elliot, why don't you tell the listeners this fortnight's clue? Purell. Purell. And we'll see you next fortnight. <laughs>